You've arrived at the Emma Gun Show and the first Ask Me Anything. So in a slightly different format to what you may be used to, there won't be any guests. I am instead going to be answering the questions that have been coming in thick and fast to the show's mailbox. So my first order of business is to say thank you to everybody who listens to the show and then takes the time to send in emails, to tweet or to DM on Instagram to say how much they're enjoying it. It really means the world to me and I read each and every single message and I try to get back to them as soon as I can. So thank you. Now, a lot of the questions that have been coming in have been similar. So rather than answer everybody individually with very, very similar content, which may end up sounding impersonal after so however many long, um, however many long, however long, um, I've decided to sort of lump the topics into groups and then answer, hopefully, um, as many questions in one fell swoop as is possible. Uh, before we begin, a little bit of news. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I've changed the name of the show. So we used to be called the... I'm using the royal we there, obviously. I used to call the show The Beauty Podcast with Emma G because when I started it in April 2016, um, I was best known in the industry for writing about beauty. So it seemed to make sense to have beauty in the title so that people just didn't think I was doing some random show out of left field. But as the show has gone on, the show is more reflective of the other areas of interest in my life and my career, including personal development, I've had people like Marissa Pieron, who's a world-famous hypnotherapist and motivational speaker. That show really resonated with a lot of you, so there'll be more of that. And that's not particularly beauty. Uh, the shows I've done with nutritionists and more health-focused topics are also very popular, so there's going to be more of that. And I've also unpicked some sort of business elements. There have been motivational aspects of certain shows, how people have started their business, how people have uh, come back against the odds, uh, particularly a brilliant uh, episode that I know a lot of you have really enjoyed is the one with Joe Touchner Sharp, who is the founder of Scamp and Dude. I have one of their sweatshirts. I think they, I think it's so comfortable and amazing. If you haven't seen Scamp and Dude, I'm going to put the link in the show notes and there are going to be long show notes for this one because there's a lot to get through. But um, her show is really popular, so there'll be more on business. So rather than call it the beauty, the beauty, health, fashion, well-being, yoga podcast with Emma G, I'm just calling it the Emma Guns show. And Emma Guns, not because <laughs> anything to do with weaponry, but because my surname is Gunnar Wardner. If you look at it, it looks like Gunnar Harner. It's not the most searchable thing. So Emma Guns, which is a nickname um, that I've had since I started social media. And it's short enough and catchy enough to be used on things like uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's just become a bit of a moniker. And also, if you read my Instagram, you know, Caroline Hirons suggested it in a way that only Caroline can. So it's now the Emma Guns show. So that's the news. But... Let's get into questions. So, um, Abby asked on Instagram, but also I've had a few emails, tweets and DMs about this, but it was Abby's question that was very specific. So I'm going to reference her, but this is about how to break into the industry of beauty writing. Now, it's a really good question. And in other questions and other emails, I've been asked, how did I break into the industry? And it is... 
it's a story that I'll tell and try and keep into a nutshell. I left university, I didn't do a degree in English because I wasn't clever enough at A-level, my A-levels were not very good. Um, I went into a sales job where I sold software over the phone, I was also not particularly good at that. And I think I was about 22 and I just thought, I can't, I can't, I can't live my life like this, this is going to be so depressing. I love beauty, I wish I was doing it as a, for a living, I wish I was writing for a living. I'd wanted to work on magazines, but because I hadn't been the smartest tool in the box at school, when I said I wanted to be a journalist, I was just met with, well, it's very competitive and you need to do an English degree, therefore you will never, um, you will never get there. Sorry about it. And I, I believed it. And that's my first piece of advice. If you really feel strongly about this, don't let nobody tell you that you can't do it. You, because you absolutely can. If you're passionate about something, pursue it. Don't let someone else live the life that you want. That's the only way I can kind of really say it. So I then um, left my job, I saved up some money, left my job, um, volunteered, there's no other way to really describe it, I was not paid, I volunteered for local newspapers where I grew up in Kent and gradually over time was given some paid work. I mean I did, I mean I did stories about church fates, about school, school things, um, you know like the tallest sunflower in the in the, like the summer garden show I did all of that stuff and then when I'd earned enough money I went to and did a postgrad in Brighton I did the NCTJ and I took the six month intensive course because that's really that's as much money as I'd saved up and as part before I did that course though I had done a work experience placement at OK magazine because the building that my company that I sold software for was in the same building as OK. And so I always used to stop the um, lift on their floor too, just to see what was going on. I could never see anything. But I made friends with the girls on reception and they put in a good word for me. So I got a work experience placement, went there for two weeks, loved it, thought that it was the most exciting place I'd ever been in my entire life. And well, a year, 18 months later, as part of my course, I needed to do work experience. So I said, oh, is there any chance I could come back? I really need to do this placement. It's part of the things I need to complete in order to get my diploma. They said yes. And it's a bit of a situation of the rest is history because they kept asking me back and then a job became vacant. It was the beauty editor job. I wasn't going to ask for it because I thought it would be ridiculous. And then I I got, the, <laughs> I got the gumption up to ask for it. But then it was this sort of mutual decision. They also asked me, was I available? Because they knew I was interested. So that's my journey. And it, it did feel like a fairy tale because that was my dream job. And I got it. And I'm forever grateful for that experience. But the one thing I'll tell you about getting into writing, generally, I think, is that everybody's path is completely different. If you listen to the podcast with Sally Hughes, she talks about her journey. If you listen to the podcast with Nadine Baggett, she talks about how she got into journalism. I know people who did one bit of work experience, got a job. I know people who applied for a job pretty much on spec because they'd read that a magazine was looking for a junior writer or something and that was their way in. Everybody is completely different. But one thing that Sally does say in her interview, I think it's part one. Um, again, I'll put the link in the show notes. In part one of her show, she talks about um, getting into journalism, working on magazines and how when she was on the book tour for, I think it was Pretty Honest, she 
loads of people just said to how do you how did you get into writing how did you get into writing or how did you write a book and in terms of how did you get into writing when I started off we didn't have blogs you didn't have building a website was something that really techie experty people did whereas now you can with with great ease start a blog it's not particularly expensive you don't need a, a great deal of skill to be able to upload your content to a website so start a blog equally if that isn't an option if if you can't afford to start a blog or you just don't have the I hate to use it such a media term but it's so true if you don't have the bandwidth if you don't have the room in your life to actually have a website at this point just start with Instagram posts maybe that's the way of doing it just but just write just Sally says it and I, I completely concur if you want to be writing write because when I was getting into the industry you used to have a portfolio and I still have my portfolio from local, from local newspapers but you'd carry it around with you and, and you would say to people, look, this is me. My name is in print. That was a big deal. Getting a byline was a huge, huge deal. But now you can say, look, this is me and I have X number of followers. The landscape's really different and it's really, it's different in a really positive way if you want to get into the industry because it's now different in your favour. There are more and more ways to have a profile or to get your content out there. So I hope that generally answers the questions about um, how to break into writing um, specifically with beauty. Question two. Now, I did have a couple of questions about this on email, but the sort of most specific was from a listener who actually asked to remain anonymous because it's on the subject of um, hair loss. And this particular listener had heard me talk in previous episodes about alopecia. Um, so... I'm just going to come at this from my own personal experience because the question really was um, how do you deal with it how do you cure it and that's a pretty big question so my specific experience with it is that as sort of 11 year old I started to display sort of symptoms of weight gain facial hair and alopecia in the sense that I would get these little patches mainly sort of just above and around the ear hairline, if that makes sense. And my hair, which has previously been very thick from the from the hairline back, um, fine hair, but lots of it, I should say, um, that particular area that if you were to wear an Alice band or, you know, one of those thin hair bands, the area of hair in front of the hair band is now, I think I had a special device used at a beauty launch recently um, where they actually check the follicle density and I think my follicle density drops by about 50% from that point from the back of my head to the front of my head it's it, there's sort of quite a big disparity um, the worst thing that can be said to you when you are displaying signs of hair loss is well don't worry about it because if you worry about it you'll get stressed and stress will make it fall out more I understand why people say that, but once you start worrying about it, it's very difficult to find perspective and not focus on it. Um, and it's also because you're worrying because you want to find a solution. So my particular type of uh, hair loss, my particular type of alopecia was a female pattern baldness. So that's the, that's the um, baldness that's characterised by this sort of shape at the front of the head. And 
it can be brought on by hormonal changes, so it's quite common with menopause. Mine was to do with polycystic ovarian syndrome, so kind of a similar thing. Essentially, when you when you are polycystic, you uh, your uh, female hormones, estrogen and progesterone, lo are lower, and testosterone is higher. It's dominant, and that mix can cause thinning. Um, and because PCOS is essentially an overproduction of testosterone you get the thinning hair, but you also get facial hair, which is, I don't understand. Surely somewhere they can just have a chat and just figure it out, just not on the face. <laughs> um, but you, you get where I'm going with that. Um, there's also diffuse hair loss, which can be brought on by uh, trauma or periods of stress. I think iron deficiency and diabetes are also, can be responsible for diffuse hair loss. Now, I went through a period of stress a few years ago. My mother wasn't very well. And about a year later, I noticed that, especially along my hairline, I'd tie my hair back to go for a run or go to the gym, and I'd have these little half-inch patches of hair that were just standing completely up straight. And I just think that must have been due to stress, and that was the hair then growing back. Um, the other one is alopecia areata, which is the really um, serious, serious one. Now... That can be characterised by big patches, by complete loss of hair. Now, everyone's experience is really different. Don't expect a shampoo to fix it. That's the one thing I would say. And don't think a supplement will solve your problem either. If you are experiencing hair loss, please do go to your GP. But don't be surprised if your options are fairly limited. Really, these things, in my experience only, are... Go, go and see a specialist if it's really bothering you that much. A lot of these shampoos that um, talk about hair, um, minimising hair loss, actually what they do, they can sometimes, where the follicle can get um, blocked, which can happen with product buildup and various other things, it actually clears out the follicle so that the, the hair that can come through can potentially be thicker. Because if you think of a blocked follicle, a bit like an ingrown hair, if it gets blocked, the hair can't get out. So rather than the full thickness of the hair coming through, a thinner version that can break through that follicle will come out. So the hair quality might feel thinner. If you then clear out that follicle and the new hair growing out of it is not obstructed, that can, can potentially be thicker. Um, but don't expect a shampoo or a supplement to just completely fix it overnight. Um, you look at things like your diet, but do go and seek professional advice. There are some People out there, particularly in the cases of alopecia, there's a wonderful woman called Lucinda Ellery who's doing some pretty incredible things. Again, I'll put her links in the show, show notes. Um, it's a really difficult thing to go through. It's really emotional. Please don't feel as though you're helpless or hopeless. There are more and more products out there now. Um, I colour my scalp in with um, the Bumble and Bumble pencil or I use a spray that I heard about called Topic. And it's amazing. I look at someone like, if anyone watches The Real Housewives of New Jersey and they know who Teresa Giudice or Giudice, depending on how she's saying her name that week, her hairline starts from just above her eyebrows and it's so dense. And I look at her and I think, oh, you're so lucky. But actually, when I use, these, when I use those products, um, they are specific for hair, but I mean, you can use a brown eyeshadow you can use a really dark bronzer to just fill in the patches. And it does, it makes such a difference. It really, really, really does. 
So to the listener who emailed in, I'm really sorry that you're going through this. Make sure you understand what kind of hair loss you're experiencing. Go and speak to your GP, get a referral, or if it's something that's really, really bothering you and you just feel a bit lost, just seek out someone who knows, someone like Lucinda Ellery, one of these hair care experts. Um, there's uh, Philip Kingsley's very famous for the trichology expertise at the salon. I'll put the links in the show notes to those. Um, but yes, thank you for emailing in with such honesty about the situation that you're going through. I really hope that you find a solution or at least you feel slightly better um, by this answer. Now, the uh, question three from lots of you, Sarah, Kelly, Joe, Casey, Emily, Claire, have all asked, what are my favourite products and why? Hmm. Well, <laughs> if we go through my entire history of using products, then we'll be here all day. So I'm going to keep it really simple and I'm going to tell you what my favourite products that I'm using are right now, right this very moment. So I am a big fan of the Origins Ginseng SPF 15 Energy Boost Boosting Moisturiser with Mango Steam. That was £29, but it's one of those foolproof applications. I tend to do my skincare twice every day. Uh, because I tend to get up, go out and do some form of exercise, whether it's a walk or gym or I'm trying to get back into running, but I feel so old and ugh, I just feel a bit broken. My hips don't feel like they're up to it, but that's probably psychological. Um, so I put skincare on before I go out and then I come back, have a shower and then I'll do my skincare again. So the reason why I like the Origins Ginseng is for several reasons. It's packed full of antioxidants, it's hypoallergenic, it's anti-inflammatory and it's antibacterial but it gives you a veil of colour and it's got enough moisture, enough moisturiser in it so that if I just cleanse and put that on, my skin doesn't feel tight and my skin does err on the side of dry, dehydrated. So the mango steam is the active ingredient in that and that's what's anti, um, is a powerful antioxidant and is hypoallergenic and anti-inflammatory. So that's one of my favourites. It also just gives such an incredible such an incredible um, veil of very natural looking colour. So that's that's why I love it so much. Um, cleansers. I'm a big fan of two cleansers at the moment. The first is the Akin Rose and Geranium, Geranium Creamy Cleanser, which is £19. I have been using this for about six months and it's just one of those products that is such a pleasure to use. It smells delicious. It's very natural. It's got organic ingredients, but it also cuts through my makeup. So I can use it in the morning before I put on my Origins Ginseng. And it just makes my skin feel really soft and supple and clean. Or I can also use it at night and it's very effective with a double cleanse of cutting through um, several layers of mascara and eyeliner. And then equally, She's been on the show, I'm sure you know who she is. Caroline Hyron's Double Cleanse with Pixie Beauty. That's £24. And that's got the solid cleansing oil on one side of the pot and the um, clean, clean, cleaning, cleansing creme, cream on the other side. And the cleansing oil annihilates anything in its path, but really gently. And then the cleansing cream gives you that second round of cleanse, but leaves skin feeling really nice. So... If you haven't tried either of those, I strongly suggest that you do. I personally, the way I judge it is, would I, if I was traveling somewhere, would I make sure these were in my case? And absolutely with both of those. 
I wouldn't want to be without one or the other right now. I'm in love with them. The next one is the Ordinary's Hyaluronic Acid 2% plus B5. It's £5.90. If you listen to Nadine's podcast, which is a goldmine of information about skincare, I talk about how I put loads and loads of balm on my lips at night because they're so dry. And she very rightly said, because I've done my own research now, that actually that can stop your lips being able to self-hydrate, as it were. And I said to her, well, what, should I just put hyaluronic acid on it, on them? And she said, well, give it a go if you can bear it. I haven't used lip balm at night now f- since I did the podcast with Nadine, which was about a month ago. And then every now and again, I will take a drop of that um, ordinary hyaluronic acid and just rub it into my lips. And it's been a bit of a game changer. I don't smack my lips together as much. <laughs> I do that, you know, that thing that the girls on Terry do where they're constantly like, pursing their lips and smacking their lipstick, I guess just to make sure it's there. Apparently that's, that is that is a type of addiction Nadine was telling me when we went for dinner afterwards, but I need to prod her to find out exactly what that is. But that's why I like it. You can also use it all over your face, of course, but that's just um, why I've been using it after Nadine's advice. So if you do feel like you're dependent on lip balm or you feel like your lips are always dry, and then when you put balm on, it just doesn't go anywhere, maybe give hyaluronic acid a go. Obviously, it's not a balm, it's... Um, it's very thin, so don't expect to get that lip-smacking texture. It's completely different, but stick with it. Next on my list is, again, this is quite a new one. It's the Multitech brushes from Real Techniques. And I went to the launch recently. Sam and Nick were there. They are really good brushes, and they're synthetic fibres. They have a universal shape, so the shape of the brush is sort of almost dome-shaped. And that means that you've actually got lots of potential. You can do lots, you can blend, you can be quite precise with the brushes. So they've got four, what they call the small point brush set, which is 30 pounds. So you get these four brushes and they come. it comes with actually a stand that you can stand them in, which is on my dressing table as we speak. And they're small enough so that you can line your eyes with them, but you can get a lot of pigment into your the line. So I really like to do a smoky eye, who doesn't? But it can be quite difficult because if the brush is too big, you can make them, you can, especially under the eye, you can make that smokiness a bit too smoky. And then you have to sort of use a cotton bud to take some of that away. The texture, the, not the texture, sorry, the size of these brushes means that you can get a bit more precision. But then when you move to the bigger brushes, so you've got a large brush, which is £16, an XL, which is 18 and an XXXL, which is 18 they are bigger, so the large is great for highlighting and contouring because you can be very precise with the highlight, but if you want to contour into your uh, hollows of your cheeks, you can use a bit more pressure and you can get a bit more um, dense uh, depth of coverage. And the, the bigger ones are amazing. I, I actually just use them to put my highlighter and my foundation on and it just blends in instantly. There's also a makeup sponge, which is £10, but... If you haven't tried the Multitech brushes yet, and they are the white ones with the big, their their heads are much bigger, the brushes are, um, particularly on the larger brushes, they fan out before they go into the dome. Definitely, they are on my list of brushes that I highly recommend, and I've written a review on emmaguns.com in the news section, so go and have a look. Now, quite a few of you have asked um, about my makeup because as and when I remember, um, because of messages, I do a little Insta story where I'll just take a picture and I'll put the products that I've been using. But um, 
couple of you DM me about the foundation that I've been using, and recently it's a couple of Chanel ones. So the first one is Le Beige, which is a healthy glow foundation. It's £37. It comes in 11 shades. Because it says glow in the in the name, healthy glow foundation, I expected it to be dewy. It's not. It actually has something of a dry down to it, and there's mineral pigments and soft focus powders in it. So even though it is a liquid foundation, it has that sort of almost semi-powdery feel. I never have a problem with my skin when I wear it. It blends so easily. It looks... It's light enough, I don't feel like I'm wearing foundation, and it photographs really well, but I think that's because of the powders. So I'm really fond of that one, I, and I, it's a simple thing of, it's easy to use, so that's the one that I use. Um, the other one is a slightly newer one, or I've only received it more recently, and please forgive my French, because I am not. Um, it's the Chanel Le Teint Ultra Tenue. I'm sure French don't say ultra, ultra. Um, which is the Ultra Wear Flawless Foundation. Again, that's £37. That's available in 14 shades. That again has a matte dry down, but not like, there's no life in the woman, but a, a pleasant matte dry down, but it feels very light on the skin. Now, I'm very lucky. I obviously work with these um, brands in the sense that I'm writing about their products. I did not pay for these, so I appreciate that £37 is a big wedge. If I was buying foundation on the high street, I would look at the Bourjois Healthy Mix Foundation, $7.99. That, I've written a review again about this and the concealer that goes with it on emmaguns.com. It makes my skin look really, really good. Um, I would happily wear the Chanel or the Bourjois and I would feel just as happy with both on my face. The Bourjois Healthy Mix Foundation actually contains a vitamin complex that drip feeds into your skin to sort of wake it up so that you get skincare benefits as well as the coverage, which is a nice touch. And the other one I have to mention is L'Oreal True Match. Now, I struggled to get on with True Match when it first launched, but the reason I want to mention it is because it is on the high street, it's 9 99 and it comes in 23 shades. And I do find it laughable sometimes that there are high street, high street uh, beauty brands that have six shades and they are basically pale to slightly less pale. It doesn't seem particularly right. Whereas L'Oreal do have 23 shades and there are some much. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Deeper darker tones in there um sorry that felt like a bit of a rant but it's true um next question not next question sorry one last one last product because this one I've been using I went to Pixie Beauty for the launch of Caroline's Double Cleanse and also a few of their other products and I've been testing them out ever since and one of them is the It's Eye Time palette which is 28 pounds it's 12, 12 shades. They're very high, highly pigmented. They're very blendable. You can use them with fingers to get a good result. You can use the multi-tech brushes. They are just divine. And I've, I'm always a bit... I struggle with eyeshadow palettes because there's either always a duff one in the in the quartets or the Cinco's, and the ones with five in them, or um, the ones that have lots. Like I, even the Naked palettes... I actually find their shimmer too shimmery. 
and I can't get on with that. The the more satin finish I really like, but they've got a lot of shimmer in there and it ends up looking quite cakey on my eyelids, which I do is a look I just don't like. When you know when metallic looks cakey, this isn't really a good look. Whereas this one, there is a there are different sort of textures. There are ones that have shimmer in and there are more satin and there are some matte, but they are so wearable, so blendable, and they just they almost sort of I just blend into your skin beautifully. I have an, a sort of olivey complexion, very fair olive, I have to say. My eyes are green, so I think that that does, this particular uh, palette does favour that because there's a lot of golden, orangey, brown tones in it. But I've spoken to a few other people who have equally found that um, with completely different skin tones to me, I'm also a brunette, I've spoken to a blonde who absolutely loves it. So... I have used every single colour in that palette and that's a very, very rare thing for me to say. And actually, I wore a very out there colour. There's almost like an aubergine russety colour in there and I wore that the other day, went out for a meeting and got nothing but compliments. So that's always a winner for me. And just to add to this, this morning, this very morning, I received the Victoria Beckham Nude Spice Lipstick and Bronzer in the post. Just done my makeup with them, just uploaded a story to um, Instagram stories. And on first use, impressed. I've had Nude Spice on for about an hour and a half now. It hasn't dried my lips. It feels very comfortable. I ha I am sort of semi-sipping a coffee. There is a lipstick mark on my cup, but that's kind of cool. Right, I hope that, that answered your question. And next time I do an Ask Me Anything, I'll go through what I'm using then because I am fickle. I do chop and change all the time. Question four. Um, I've had lots of you email about this, so I'm not going to do any shout outs, but, um, oh no, I am. Um, <laughs> Yaz. <laughs> Yaz asked me about this. She has suggested lots of brilliant guests. She's also asked loads of brilliant questions because she is brilliant. And uh, she is a very clever girl who asks very intelligent questions. Yaz, with some of those, I'm working on them. I will get back to you. But um, this is about guests to potentially return. And I'm talking about the fact that you asked about Abby and that's Abby Cleave from Ultrasun talking about specific um, skincare issues. So, yes, if you want someone like Abby to come back, absolutely. I can ask her too. I will ask her more specific sun care questions and we can really drill down into it because the last chat we covered a lot of ground. We can really funnel down into anything that you are particularly interested in. I know a lot of you have been asking about Caroline Hirons coming back. I've had tweets, I've had DMs, I've had emails. Um, look, if enough if enough of you ask, and if Caroline has the time, she's a very busy lady, I will she has an open invitation to return this, to this show whenever she wants. And who knows when that may happen, if it will happen, but you know, you never know. Um Nadine, <laughs> she's been on twice. Her second show was by popular demand, and I've already had uh, DMs, comments on Instagram and uh, Twitter asking for her to come back for part three. Yeah, why not? Let's see. I will ask the question. Also had Katie asked about Brandon from Desiem coming on the show. Um, a couple of you have asked for Marco Lenz. Some of you have asked for Lee Pycroft to, to come back. Look, here's the thing, and I want you to trust me on this. If you ask for it, I will try. I will do my level, level best to get these people back and to get them on the show and to try and make it work with their schedules. 
Um, one thing I will flag up is that I have been asked to do a group show to see whether we can get a group of five or six guests and have a bit of a round table. That is currently in the works. If you have any preferences about who you would like around that table for that show, let me know. And again, I will do my best to make it happen. Question five. Now, lots of you have been asking about this, and it was also one of the questions on the interview I did with Get the Gloss recently, who asked me about the beauty show and um, how I started it, why I started it. So I'm going to go through it really quickly with you. <laughs> and sure enough, I'm aiming high. So dream, dream podcast guests, RuPaul. RuPaul, the drag queen, is so much more than than the lace front wigs and everything else and snatch game, whatever. He is such an interesting human being. And I listen to his podcast, What's the Tea with Michelle Visage. And when he talks about things like meditation, when he talks about his issues with what he calls the darkness, which I think is his reference to depression or the fact that he can kind of travel down that negative alleyway. I, like, he really... I think he's a very deep and interesting guy and I would love to get him on the show to talk about meditation, to talk about self-improvement, to talk about his take on the world because he has had to develop a bulletproof skin. I was listening to another podcast recently with Joe Rogan and Henry Rollins and Henry Rollins is a really good friend of RuPaul's and he said something along the lines of, you know, RuPaul's six and a half feet tall and he dresses like a woman. He's had to run for his life more than once. And I think that sort of sums it up for me. How have you developed this bulletproof skin, Rue? Because you've had to. Um, that's why I would like to get Rue on the show. Now, even though they're best friends, I would separate them because my second dream guest is Michelle Visage. I think she is so interesting. She's got what I think is probably a photographic memory. She is stupidly bright. Um, she's got autoimmune disease when she talks about that. It's very, very interesting and she's incredibly knowledgeable. She seems to really know herself. And from what I've gathered again by the same podcast, What's the Tea with RuPaul and Michelle Visage, she seems to be raising two really interesting women. And I would just like to talk to her about motherhood, about autoimmune and about why she's such a campaigner and why she, I mean, she is, she is the mother. She's, she's everyone's drag mum really. Um, and I would be really interested to, speak to her. I think she's a fascinating lady. Guest number three would be Anna Farris, the actress. She has a podcast called Unqualified and I was listening to Unqualified a lot when it launched. I still do. It's with her best friend Simsana. She just seems like such a nice woman. <laughs> um, she has been in movies that I really like. She was in The House Bunny. She played Shelley, who I thought was awesome. She was also in The Hot Chick. And yeah, if you listen to her podcast, she essentially gets her showbiz buddies together, chats to them, and then they give listeners advice on love and relationships and life. And it's so, it's so brilliant. The one that she did with Jeremy Renner was amazing. And yeah, she's also had RuPaul on the show, which makes me sort of really jealous. I would obviously love to have Victoria Beckham on the show. Y yes, I know it sounds really obvious. She's like cutely famous. My numbers would probably go through the roof. But it's more than that. It's because she's gone from being a pop star to a businesswoman and not like a very successful businesswoman. And when you're Posh Spice, it, that must be difficult. People don't, I don't know as if people really let you 
outgrow your previous incarnation. Um, you know, she's called Prosperous a lot. She might not even like that, but to I think she's probably had to go on her own um, journey, such a terrible word, but let's just say she's probably had to go on quite, she's probably had to dig quite deep to get a sense of herself back is what I'm trying to get to. And I think that's quite, I would love to chat to her about that, whether it's even the case. And I just think that she's very inspirational. She seems to know what she wants and she goes after it, which is a very admirable quality. It's also why I'd also like to get Elle McPherson on the show. She was one of the supermodels, but she was the one supermodel really who when in a position of being world famous became the business the business one she was the one who brought out the workout video i have the vhs in actual fact she's always right from day right from the off been very very business savvy and i'd love to chat to her about that and then the other person i would love to get on the show and i know a few of you have asked about it as well is joe malone i think i interviewed her a couple of years ago now for Get the Gloss and we both ended up in tears it was quite emotional I really really like her as a person but I also think that her business career is incredibly fascinating she's very tenacious she's been through a lot in her life and I think that we I think we would have a really good chat so those are my dream guests so let's put that out into the universe and hope it happens Question six is, how do you start a podcast? Tanya specifically sent a very long email. Um, should I start a podcast? There are lots out there. Will I be Will I be heard? Is it worth it? Is it difficult? So I'm just going to break it down and try and keep it really simple. I actually had to do a lot of research. I'm not techie in the slightest. So I had to do a lot of research to figure out how to, A, record a podcast, B, turn a file into a thingamajig that you put onto a server with an RSS feed. Like, it, it did send my mind a bit too lally. All I will say is if you Google how to set up a podcast on iTunes, there are really good tutorials and step-by-steps. I'll try to find the ones that I think are most helpful. I can't remember the ones I used at the time, I have to be honest. Um, but I will try and put the links in the show notes so that you can at least um, just have a quick reference to go to. And then sort of another tone of these emails was, is it worth me starting it? Will anyone listen to it? And I'm going to take this back to Kevin Smith, the writer and director. I listened to his podcast called Fat Man on Batman because I love my comics. I don't read comics. I love my comic book movies is what I should really say. He's also written and directed one of my favourite movies, which is Dogma. Um, and he just said, everyone should have a podcast. Everyone should be doing it. Everyone should be um, doing these podcasts. If you would listen to it, do it. And he said, and aside from that, at some point, someone, doesn't matter when, but someone's going to message you and tell you that you're speaking their language or that you're, you made them happy or you entertain them for an hour. So just do it because you want to do it. But then one day somebody is going to validate what you want to do. So I put the podcast out there, didn't think much of it. And then I didn't do it to get, you know, the email from somebody. But very recently, about six weeks ago, a girl called Laura messaged me saying that I kept her company while she was in hospital. Um, or the podcast did, I should say. And that she's a fan of the show. And that just meant the world to me. It really, really did. Um, you just don't know. I really believe in putting the podcast out there because... I've been interviewing people for years and when you interview people for print you don't get a sense often 
of the entire conversation because you have to write for space and you sometimes don't get a sense of um particularly with experts you have to you have to really condense it down and I just thought god I would I would interview these incredible people and then I would perhaps use a tenth of what I'd got out of them because there wasn't space or the feature wasn't quite right for for putting everything out there and I really believed in doing these interviews where you where people were allowed to just you just give them room and they shine and that's why I did it so as long as you know why you're doing it and as long as you believe in it you'll just keep recording it and you'll keep doing it and if anyone does start a podcast who's listening to this if any of you guys who emailed in start a podcast let me know I'll like it I'll subscribe I'll give it a five star review um just just let me know question seven comes from again lots of you Vicky, Hannah and Eleanor are the ones who stand out on the emails. They've been asking for product advice and um, skincare advice specifically on what they should be doing for their skin. And I think Nadine said it best um, when she said, Google your ingredients, that you have to understand your skin. If you're looking for someone else to tell you what to do, you could end up on a hiding to nothing. Um, you could just be, end up buying products that maybe don't work right for you. You really need to understand what's going on with your skin. Um, Nadine says to look on the inky list, the ingredients list. And if there is a magic ingredient or a specific ingredient that is mentioned, then um, see how high up on the ingredients list it is. Because as with most things, it's the higher up they are, the more, um, the greater quantity it is. I can only tell you about my skincare in the sense of I was on Yasmin and Dianet for years from the age of 17 I was put on Dianet and then in my early 30s I switched to Yasmin I had a brief spell on Marvelon but I didn't get on with that for my polycystic ovaries and for that reason my skin was kind of stuck in a holding pattern because it was controlled and then I came off the pill a few years ago because I got very, very scared about having been on it for such a long time and what potential implications that could have on my health because of something that had gone on in my family. And so I went cold turkey and my skin, well, I had a very turbulent time and I had to completely renegotiate with my skin about what I was going to put on it. It's now slightly more reactive than it used to be. I get quite pink, which was a bit of a surprise. I... um, I can't use things like glycolic products too regularly or even too much because it really, my skin just does flare up. So some nights I just put Sudocreme on. I just do a face mask of Sudocreme, particularly at times of the month when I'm getting like little bumps or I'm getting spots or there's a redness. I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to wear Sudocreme tonight. Or I might use the Alpha H Liquid Gold if I just feel like I don't know what to put on my skin tonight. It just doesn't feel correct. After I've cleansed, especially with double cleansing, with the Akin Creamy Cleanser that I talked about, or with Caroline's Double Cleanse, if when I finish with that, something feels funky, I just use the Alpha H Liquid Gold. I really put my trust in the concept of just let give us your skin a couple of nights a week and let us allow, it essentially helps your skin to regulate itself. It's kind of the simplest way of saying it. So I adore using that. Skincare is really personal. So I definitely take Nadine's advice, listen to her show again, definitely go to a portal like carolinehirons.com because she has brilliant skincare advice on there. 
but I also can't speak highly enough about facial massage. Abigail James is a guest who's been on this show. She taught me some brilliant facial massaging techniques and they are amazing just for stimulating that, just energising your face is basically what I can say. And I remember, I know one of the reasons why I used to love running in the morning was because my face would drop. Like if you wake up and you're slightly puffy and you go for a, a run, then you your face drops because you you know that that fluid has to go somewhere. Um, I haven't been running as much recently, and I bought a trumpet at New Year. And you may laugh, but a few minutes on the trumpet, and the, by a few minutes I mean I listened to Guns and Roses, "You Could Be Mine," and then Christina Aguilera, "Fighter," first thing in the morning. Strap on a sports bra, obviously jump up and down on the trumpet or do running on the spot on the trumpet to those two, which is around nine minutes. My face is completely puff-free because it's its own form of drainage. Now, I realise not every home can house a trumpet, but uh, I really enjoy it and it puts me in a good mood for the, for the day. Um, I live on the ground floor, I hasten to add, so my neighbours don't hate me. They hate me because of the singing when I have a few wines, but that's another podcast altogether. Question eight. Now, this came from Emily, Laura, Lucy, Abby and Christina. Who is my favourite guest so far? Well, what? <laughs> that's, that's the hardest question of all. Hardest question of all. I don't have a favourite guest. I actually love all of them in their own unique and special ways. Um, a, because they gave me the time and let me commit them to audio. But B, because they're on this show because there's something pretty special about them. I love the fact that Luke Hersherson was a fan of the show before he came on it. I and has been such a great support. I love the fact that Nadine has come back twice. Alexia Hargrave was somebody who, yes, I recorded her for the podcast, but I feel like we were supposed to meet. So there's lots of, lots of things, lots of guests. Michelle Doherty and Tom Ogden from Alpha H. I now sort of feel a bit sick if I don't speak to them regularly. It's just, they're all my favourites. I'm not going to pick one, so sorry about it. Um, question nine is about anxiety. The eagle-eared among you will have uh, heard me talk about it with Luke Hirschson and a couple of other times on the show. And it's something that some of you have emailed about saying that you've been struggling and um, what what do I recommend? I don't have the answers is the first thing I'm going to say. But what I can say is that hearing other people talk about their anxiety really helped me. Specifically, it was a video that Sam and Nick from Pixie Woo did, um, cropped up on my Facebook feed and I watched it. Sam talks about her anxiety, but it was actually something Nick said that really, um, really brought it home to me because when I was struggling, and I'm certainly not out of the woods yet, I hasten to add, but when I was having, when it was more intense, I was the queen of excuses. People would ask me to go somewhere and I would have an excuse. And I, what I was hiding was, I can't, I can't, and I don't want to tell you why. I feel ridiculous, I'm breaking out into a sweat, I'm crying, I don't really understand. So the main thing I would say if you're going through anxiety is you're not alone. And I will tell you what has helped me because I can, certainly not going to give you the definitive answer I can only tell you what's helped me I started meditating through the app headspace 
I, for a while, I was taking, um, I think it's called Baronia flower extract. Again, the link to this will be in the show notes. That really took the edge off of that really intense anxiety. Um, and I used that when a friend actually recommended it to me because she witnessed a full anxiety and full effect and was like, dude, I think maybe you should try this. And it did help when it was particularly severe. I also had Reiki, which I previously thought was a bit, <laughs> but something happened in that Reiki session. If you've listened to the Caroline Barnes podcast, you will know that. I also started going out every morning and getting a walk because a lot of anxiety for me, I think is it's all stress related. And if I'm working out too much and doing the things that I've always done, which have been sort of lifting weights or running, they're actually exercise that will produce adrenaline and cortisol, which is the last thing you need if you are mentally bringing stress on oneself. So I just go out and have a walk and really appreciate the fresh air. <laughs> and it sounds a bit lame, but it works for me. I also bought and um, started reading up on aromatherapy and I bought an aromatherapy diffuser. I've written about that on emmaguns.com. There are some great oils and I do find if I stick on that diffuser, if I sit down for 10 minutes, do my headspace, I am much more settled. There's something more grounding. And then I also have started and God knows I'm struggling, but I am determined to stick with it. Yoga. I've wanted to do yoga for years, but I am such a swine because if I can't do it immediately, I get I feel very stupid. And I don't know why it brings it brings out a very poor quality in me. I actually stormed out of a, of a vinyasa class recently because I just felt like I was the only one in the class who couldn't do it. I've been watching and following on to a channel on YouTube called um, Yoga with Adrian. She seems like a really cool gal. I'd love to have her on the show. And it's very simple stuff and it calms me down. To give you an example, the first time I did one of her shows, her classes, they're about 30 minutes, I kept looking at my phone. I couldn't couldn't concentrate on it because I just didn't have that headspace of being able to just chill out. Whereas I revisited it recently and I actually really enjoyed the kind of just detaching, which I wasn't able to do before. I've also been doing, going to try yoga and I hadn't been getting on with the classes, but then I did a yin class with my friend Katie the other day, and it was a game changer. I would do that class every single day if I could. It's holding positions for about three minutes to get a long stretch and breathing into them. So there's no flow, there's no holding yourself up, there's no downward dog. It's just, it's sort of stretching these big muscles to let out tension essentially, and I just... I came out of it and was somewhat evangelical, so I cannot wait to do my next one. And finally, 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 I've had quite a few of you, especially on Instagram, it has to be said, but some emails about Facebook and Instagram Live and whether I will be doing them. Now, if I do that group show, then the idea is to do that as a Facebook Live recording. See how you feel about that. But if you want me to do more Facebook Lives, if whether it's introducing the guests, whether it's talking about what's coming up, whether it's talking about makeup, skincare, um, nutrition, whatever it might be, then let me know. You just have to let me know. If you want me to do lives, if you want me to answer questions and be available, then I will pick a time and I will try to commit to that, whether it's weekly or however regularly. 
But if you want Facebook and Instagram lives, then just um, comment under Instagram posts, tweet me or DM me on Instagram and I will, I will make sure that I add that to the schedule. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed your first Ask Me Anything on the Emma Gunn Show. Thank you as ever for tuning in. My, my, I'm endeavouring to keep this podcast free. So if you can go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review and maybe write something nice about the show, that is the kind of thing that makes all the difference and pushes the show up the rankings. I don't have an agent. It's not like I'm um, part of some big brand. So all of that support does make a huge difference. I'm so grateful for everyone who's taken the time to email in. I'm grateful for everybody who has already written reviews, who has taken the time to let me know that they're enjoying the show. I will continue to bring you excellent guests and I will continue to bring you uh, shows on particular topics that I know that you're interested in. But what I would love is if you could continue to stay in touch with me and let me know what you want. Hopefully you will continue to feel like I am delivering For now, though, thank you so much. And I cannot wait for you to listen to next week's show, which I have an amazing guest on. I will leave you in suspense, but trust me, you are not going to want to miss it. So I will catch up with you on the next one. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 